1: presented by X Insurance
0: X Insurance
1: from the 6 hour studios they're never going to stop us here
0: here is your host the loudest conservative voice in America fighting the enemies of freedom Mark, Mark Walters, Walters. Walters. Walters.
2: Mark Walters not here today, out traveling, doing his thing, and it's always great to be able to fill in for him. Yours truly, Andy Hoosier, filling in for the great Mark Walters today on the program. It's Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. Happy Friday to you. What's up? And it's great to have you along for the ride today. Uh, I was just on the show with him just a couple of days ago as we are doing some election recaps going on across the nation, and how unfortunate is it? We are, what, seven, eight, nine, ten, We're 10 days away from... What was the midterm elections of 2022? And guess what? We're still trying to count many of the ballots and trying to certify some of the elections across the country. How messed up of a system is that? That we don't have the ballots counted and the official number of what Congress may look like moving forward across the nation. Now, the good news is, is that we have broken the majority threshold for the House of Representatives. We are officially sitting at two hundred and nineteen, I believe. 220. I did hear just a little bit ago, which we have to break here, I guess, if you haven't heard it, is that the congresswoman from the great state of Colorado, Lauren Boebert, has officially been uh, called and the Democrat has officially conceded in that race. So I guess that's good news, right? I guess a power up on that one. So we're sitting right about the 219-220 mark, which means we have the majority in the House of Representatives. And as I mentioned to Mark a couple of days ago, it is good news But it's also concerning, and as the few more trickle in, we could expect it to go anywhere between 220 to 225 across the nation, which means we have a majority, but the fight is not over, as usual. Do we honestly get to ever take a break and just sit back, pat ourselves on the back, and actually just take a breath and say, you know what, I'm going to be done with politics. It doesn't usually happen that way. And now that we are at a closer margin than we thought in the House of Representatives, and now that we did not get the majority in the Senate, and we still have the president of Joe Biden trying to shake hands with Easter bunnies, then we still have a lot of work to do because the House of Representatives is going to be not only the last line of defense of Democrat policies at the federal level, but the only defense— We have the Supreme Court for now, which is good as well. But we and I guess we have to rely on them to some degree, but they're not going to be the ones to create legislation or to make things happen. We have to bring it to them, baby. And Mark's talked a lot about the Supreme Court and what we could see with potential Second Amendment legislation going to the Supreme Court here over the next year. And I am anticipating that one on uh, the edge of my seat to see what they're going to rule, because we could see some big rulings come out from the Supreme Court. On two-way issues, on affirmative action issues, on this potential student loan forgiveness program, which is a complete disaster. I don't know if we'll have time to get into that today or not, but kind of an outlook of what we see in the nation over the next few months and over the next year is going to be one that is frustrating It is nail biting and that we have to take the charge. And when I say we, I mean you and me as we, the people, the voters, because the House of Representatives is going to have their hands full. And while they've announced all these absurd different uh, investigations, we're going to investigate Biden. We're going to investigate Hunter Biden. We're going to investigate the laptop. I say cool, but we have some bigger fish to fry as well, because are we really going to get anything out of it? We could get some information. We're going to get some sound bites from Republicans, but are we really going to get a whole lot of substance out of it and some action? You can investigate them all you want. Until you start persecuting somebody, I'm not going to hold my breath. We're still done investigating Hillary Clinton, and she's not behind bars, which we shouldn't wait and hold our breath for either. But we have the work to do for us to let Congress know what this priority is going to be. And my priorities are very simple. My priority is going to be economic issues second amendment issues and start deregulating to stop what the democrats have done can we get it done probably not i'll be honest and that's because we only control one chamber of one branch of our federal government right now it's going to be slowing the flow of progressive ideology so we have two different areas that we need to attack here on the program today number one is going to obviously be the federal level. And as you know, Kevin McCarthy has been named, or at least will be named, Speaker of the House moving forward after the Republican majority, which he said just yesterday, I believe, he talked about what the platform may look like for Republicans.
3: I'm proud to announce the era of one-party Democrat rule in Washington is over. Washington now has a check and balance. The American people have a say in their government. And this new Republican leadership team is ready to get to work to put America back on the right track. It was our commitment to America that we create an economy that is strong, a nation that is safe, a future that is built on freedom, and a government that is accountable. And that's exactly what we'll do.
2: It sounds nice. I like that. Can we actually get it done? The last program I was on with Mark just a few days ago, we talked about the unity of the Republican Party, which has been struggling. But as we relate it to the Second Amendment, all of these issues that were just mentioned by him are covered under two-way protection and how we need to focus on this issue. Is it not? I mean, economic issues, when the economy begins to tank, look at what we see with crime rates all over the country. That should be a big telltale sign that we need to focus on making sure that we have the right to keep and bear arms across the nation. When we have border issues with the cartels bringing in humans and guns and drugs and everything else of that sort, they can get the black market firearms pretty easily. Across the nation, but why don't we have the ability to carry those? This is a nice agenda from Kevin McCarthy, but I'm still skeptical on whether he can actually unite the party. He went on to talk about trying to widen that umbrella, though, which is my biggest concern.
3: We know our job will not be easy. We know the task, we've got a close majority. We're going to have to work together. And we want to work with anyone that wants to make America stronger. We want to work with anybody on both sides of the aisle. If they want to make America energy independent. They don't. their parents are saying their kids' education.
2: They really don't.
3: Or secure our borders. No. Or stop defunding the police. No. We know there's challenges in this nation around the world. We're listening to the American public. But we are prepared to lead, regardless of the size of the majority. One thing I've always learned, they don't hand gavels out in small, medium, and large. You get the right size gavel, and we will use it.
2: I really don't know what that last reference actually means. But while he's widening the umbrella share, okay, it's a nice soundbite. We're going to work with Democrats. We're going to work with those on the other side of the aisle. Anybody who wants to promote common sense in America, bring the commitment of America back, which is what his plan was that did help Republicans get through the election, I think. But it was kind of a day late and a dollar short. But he didn't mention Second Amendment issues. And I know Congress has been lingering out there with a few different bills on Second Amendment issues. But why would that not be a focal point for him saying, hey, we have some major problems right now. And this has been an assault on the two way issues under the Biden administration. We need to make sure to preserve some of these things. Hey, Democrats, come on board. There are many Democrats, obviously, and you know this, that are in Purple states, red states, even blue states, where there are people that like to go hunting. We're in fall time right now. People like to go out and go deer hunting or go pheasant hunting or do whatever they do at this time of year. Why would we not focus on these types of issues? This is an agenda that needs to be the forefront of the Republican agenda right now as a whole. Because if you notice, during the election time, Democrats did not touch on Second Amendment issues at all. Not one bit. They pretended they didn't even exist and in the middle of a time where we see shootings left and right at schools, especially even here in Kansas, where I'm based out of, we just had a, a kid busted with a firearm in his backpack just a couple weeks ago here in the Kansas area. Why? This is something that's concerning. And I'm hoping. That at the federal level, we start recognizing that there is individual sovereignty from parents and from just basic humans in this country to where we can actually stand back and say, I want to be able to carry my gun where I need to. Which as we go through the show today, I'm going to tell you about how we're not doing that and actually moving in the opposite direction. If you just Google gun news right now on Google, there are state after state after state that's trying to pass legislation against the Second Amendment right now. So the battle's on multiple tiers here. Number one is the federal level which we're not going to get anything done except for maybe the Supreme Court. But the focus for us right now, outside of calling our elected officials in in Washington, D.C., needs to be what's going on in our state because the state is going to have more of an influence on this issue more so than anybody else because right now you could go and knock on your state legislator's door and tell them, hey, this is something that's of importance to us. Right now, for example, California is pushing to... Pass some more legislation. Uh, Let me see if I can find it. I just had it in front of me. Oh, here we go. Albany County legislature approves a new bipartisan gun control package. This was back in just a couple days ago, right after the election, as the Albany uh, County legislature was trying to push for getting rid of legal guns because there was a push in the number of illegal guns that were in their community. This is where... The focal point needs to be, I think, for the majority of us listening to the program. As Kevin McCarthy does the best he can at the federal level, where are we at at the state levels? Did we win? Did we actually gain some seats? We'll cover that when we come back here in just a second. And what are the states focusing on to try and come after or preserve your two issues? Lots more coming up here. It's Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. Lots more coming up. Stay here.
1: Daniel Defense advocates for the individual's right to bear arms, which is why they manufacture 100% American-made, high-quality firearms backed with a lifetime warranty. To learn more, visit DanielDefense.com. Welcome back to the
2: show. Welcome back to the show. Indeed, Andy Hoosier filling in for the great Mark Walters. And by the way, uh, it's kind of a weird show today. A little bit strange, isn't it? Mark's not here, which, you know, he needs some time off. I know he's traveling around. He's got a lot of stuff going on, so it's always a great pleasure to fill in for him. But Greg's not here today either, and he usually jumps on and chats with us. So he just got me today. We're flying solo, and we're having fun. I do appreciate Jim back at the Studios rocking it out on that end of it. I am checking through, by the way, some of the comments on the Armed American Radio's chat room with the comments, and Andy, energy the uh, throwing the energy ball out at us that, that's what we do here if i can speak <laughs> that's what we do we at least try to get you pumped up and excited because guess what i'm excited i am optimistic you know me i'm always a glass half full kind of guy i'm the eternal optimist no matter how grim or dark things look we always find a way to come out of it because that's just the way we roll so well it's not a lost cause at the washington dc level we have mccarthy which you know he's a He's he's a California, D.C. establishment kind of guy. Is he conservative to a degree? Sure. He knows how to PR. He knows how to campaign. The commitment to America was a decent idea. It's a good idea. It's whether he can actually fulfill it. I wish we had the Senate to move forward with it as well, because then we would be in a completely different scenario where we could throw bill after bill after bill after bill bill at Joe Biden, and then he would have to veto it. He'd have to be angry. We could turn the narrative on him and say he's not willing to work with us. He's not doing the right thing. He's not getting anything done. That would be nice. On the other hand, right now, I've seen the scenario way too many times, which is why I'm a little bit hesitant to get that excited, because this is going to be. The uh, the, the spine and the strength of Kevin McCarthy to stand up when Democrats continue to push bills out of the Senate and they try and get it to the House, they don't pass it. Then Joe Biden starts calling them out, and then the Senate calls them out, and they say that they're not unwilling to work with them, and they're unwilling to be bipartisan, unwilling to sing Kumbaya and hold hands together. And then Republicans are going to be at fault when the government shuts down or nothing moves forward. And then eventually Republicans, or at least in Republicans, will cave because, well, by golly, we have to sing Kumbaya and hold hands and be bipartisan, because that's what the people want, no matter how disastrous these bills may be, which right now, thankfully, two-way issues at least weren't on the minds of Democrats going through election season. We'll see if it is now that they still have part of Congress moving forward. So the next big focus needs to be the state legislatures, and as you know... We have way more impact in oversight at the statewide level than we do at the federal level. In fact, this election after November 17th, according to Ballotopia.org, that Republicans control 54 percent of all state legislative seats nationally. Meaning out of all the different legislative chambers that are made up in all 50 states, we control 54 percent of them, over half of them. While Democrats hold 44 percent, Republicans have a majority of 56 chambers Democrats held the majority in 39 chambers right now. Now, looking at the map, now this is a little bit old because this is uh, prior to the 2022 election, so things have changed just a little bit. For example, Missouri has kind of split off with their legislative control with Democrats taking over uh, at least in one chamber, which is the first time that's happened in like 40 years, which is a little concerning and kind of strange. But nonetheless, they've done that one. Looking at the map, this should be a prime example of why legislation from Second Amendment issues should not be an issue at statewide levels. But yet, they are. And God bless the Second Amendment Foundation, because these guys are filing lawsuits left and right, and they win them left and right as well. So if you get a chance, you can go to saf.org and support those guys. I know Mark talks about them all the time. And Alan Gottlieb, wonderful individual. I know he's on the program here quite a bit. i got to get him back on my show. the heck's taking me too long? SAF filing federal lawsuits challenging Delaware's assault weapon ban is delaware remember isn't that where joe biden's from or at least that same area going for the assault weapons ban this is the social experiment that states like to use if they can pass it at the state level then they wait a year or two and say oh look how good this is going look how great and grand this is working for us then they try to promote it at the federal level obviously it gets shot down most of the time Again, try to be optimistic here most of the time because we understand we have the Second Amendment that specifically mentions the right to keep and bear arms. They don't care at the statewide level, so they try to ram it through as much as they can to the point to where they use these ridiculous labels and ram through whatever agenda they want. Here's another one for you, and this is a little bit older, which blows my mind how she got reelected in the state of New York. But the governor of New York State, uh, this was back in September. Why this wasn't big news on the campaign trail, I don't know. Maybe it was in the state of New York, but I wasn't aware of it. That they talked about New York State restrictions on carrying concealed firearms. Here's the bullet point. Carrying a firearm in New York City requires a concealed carry license issued by the New York City Police Department. Anyone carrying a firearm is presumed to be carrying unlawfully until proven otherwise. This was a leaked memo that came from the governor's office, to law enforcement across the state on how to handle certain topical issues. Let me read that again. Again, this is back in September. And while they weren't talking about it on the campaign trails, Republicans should have been talking about this nonstop, showing how you are a criminal on arrival by enforcement until proven otherwise. Anyone carrying a firearm is presumed to be carrying unlawfully until proven otherwise otherwise you are a criminal if you have a firearm within which uh new york city limits which is strange why the governor is sending a memo out to this instead of the mayor of the city i don't know why but again that's just their detestment of the second amendment then you will automatically be arrested and be presumed as if you are carrying illegally until you can prove it i thought we had a legal system that said the otherwise that you are innocent until proven guilty and while there are illegal guns running rampant across this nation because of gun legislation and because of cartels coming from the southern border and because of people buying it behind the shop, it's, it's almost like the marijuana issue, which we're going to get into here. And after the break here, in just a little bit, it's they tax it, they regulate it, they control it so much. It's just as easy. It's actually easier to go out and get your marijuana behind the pot shop where the government's taxing it at 300%. When you go to Colorado and you try and purchase it from an actual store there, you can get it black market from someone behind there by the dumpster way cheaper because they've regulated the heck out of it. Guns are the same way. Why would you go and purchase a brand new one and have your gun registered by the government and taxed to hell when they try to control it when you can buy it from Bob over the fence because they want to get rid of their firearm there? It's a simple process. These guys don't quite grasp that concept. They've lost the common sense on the issue, and now they just assume that every gun out there is illegal. Therefore, we need to take it away from you until you prove in court that you are allowed to have that gun in some respects, That's the insane rules that we have today. And these are the people that got reelected in certain parts of the country, including the state of New York. I'm a little concerned by that. When we come back right around the corner, I know we've got to take a break here in just a minute. I want to shift gears to some of the other state legislation, but also to the marijuana laws, because more states are passing marijuana. How does it tie into Second Amendment issues? I love having this conversation because this is the way to try and win over the younger generations, my generation, the 32, 33, 34-year-olds that like guns, that understand guns, and the younger generations that may not have had as much of an experience with firearms as well. How are they winning them over on marijuana and other social issues while slowly slipping and taking away the gun from them and having the ability to carry or even get confirmed or approved to get a license to carry a firearm what the heck are they doing that plus what the other parts of the world are doing as their crime continues to rise are we out of COVID and what a crime rates look like and what can we do to prevent some of that there's a lot to get to here for a Friday it's Armed American Radio's Daily Defense stay here
1: The following segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Defender Coffee. When you drink Defender Coffee, you're making a donation to a gun rights organization
2: of your choice that protects and defends your freedoms. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the show indeed. It's Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. You can check out Mark online, armedamericanradio.com. Also, armedamericannews.com. You can check out me. At my website, who's Also on my social media at Hoosier Reason. No I in Hoosier like to stay H-O-O-S-E-R reason.com. Check me out and I appreciate you very much. So we'll get into this other state issues and the marijuana tie-in for the young voters here in just a minute. I gotta go on a rant, though. Just for a second. I gotta what is it? Who was it? The Dennis Miller used to do the rant, the, the rant of the day. I gotta do this for just a second because this is a reflection of the Republican Party internally at the national level all the way down to the statewide levels and local and beyond. And it's very concerning, and this is why we can't win elections on a grand scale. Outside of the division and the partisanship that we see in the nation anyways, there's no longer a middle-of-the-road, independent, wishy-washy, squishy person saying, I don't know who to vote for. I don't have any opinions. There's very few of those people left right now. And if there are, then they just don't turn out to vote at all. We're not even trying to get their votes anymore. Really, elections are won by turning out your base and trying to get your base rallied up enough to want to show up and vote. That's how pathetic the (laughs) the electoral process is right now. That's also how pathetic it is in society in general for people to have to be swooned just to actually show up and cast your ballot. And we still only get like 53 percent of the voter turnout. Other nations get like 70, 80 percent voter turnout. We get 40 to 50%. That's pathetic and really insane. But that's the world that we live in. And we have to acknowledge it. And if we're going to win in politics, we have to be aware of this. And we have to figure out a way to change it or utilize it to the best of our ability. But here's my rant. The Republican Party, for the longest time, has widened their umbrella so wide that now we don't know which direction to go to win over voters. Instead of coming out and having a solid platform of conservatism, which I always talk about my three pillars of conservatism, the right to life, liberty, and private property. Essentially, the Declaration of Independence and what's used from the Declaration into our Constitution. We're life, liberty, and private property. As long as you don't harm somebody's life, as long as you don't infringe upon their liberty of another individual, and as long as you don't infringe upon someone's private property, which can be their life, which can be their possessions, which can be their thoughts, which whatever, life, liberty, and private property, or what they manufacture or build as well. If you build something, if you're a business owner and you infringe upon that business, you're violating private property. You can refer that one back to the federal government. But if you don't infringe upon those three things, I don't care what you do. I don't care about your religion. I don't care about your lifestyle. I don't care about the way you you know think about the sky being blue or red. I just don't care. But the Republican Party doesn't just sit back on the basic principles of that and then go about their day. What they do is they try to, unfortunately, do what Democrats have done and what we do in, in general nowadays, which is just regulate everything to death. And because of that, that has caused a lot of refund to the Republican Party for us to have to take stances on issues as opposed to saying, do what you do, man, I don't really care. And that has caused such a wide umbrella that now for the elections, this election was a prime example of it. We don't know which direction to campaign on. When we're in a tight race against a Democrat in a state, do you go further to the center or left to try and win over squishy independent moderates that are the the, that are the few out there? saying, I don't know who to vote for. Pay attention to me. Uh, Do you reach them to turn out the vote or do you go further to the right? and try and win over the purists that have left the party because the party's not pure enough, which is why they went to a third party like a libertarian or a constitution party or an independent race. That's the ongoing discussion now. Instead of saying, this is what I stand for, this is what I believe in, elect me or don't elect me. Because now we have corruptors within the party. I'm I'm seeing some of the comments on the on the chat right now, which is hilarious because you're right. Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell are some of those that have gone so far to the left. They're trying to win over people that will never be Republicans. It doesn't work that way. And how they continue to get reelected in leadership. I, I don't know. I don't know why there was an overwhelming majority of Republicans that supported Mitch McConnell to be the Senate uh, minority leader. Again, I don't understand that thought process. Tim Scott tried to counter. It didn't work out. Only 10 Republicans voted against Mitch McConnell to be the leader of the Republican Party in the Senate. Why, in a party that is really dominated by Donald Trump right now, a party that is solidly conservative, that's trying to weed it out. And yes, we've been weeding out Republicans quite a bit, we've gotten rid of Liz Cheney. We've gotten rid of uh, Jeff Flake. We've gotten rid of Ben Sasse. We've gotten rid of so many other uh, moderate Republicans, possibly Lisa Murkowski, possibly Susan Collins soon. Mitt Romney's considering not running for reelection. We're weeding out the establishment, but yet we overwhelmingly elected the establishment to run the party. But it's not just at the federal level, while everybody's frustrated and concerned about that. Here's where we bring it back down to the statewide level. According to firearmsnews.com, there's a state Republican legislator in the great state of Florida who is on the board for the Second Amendment Committee in Florida. Not just on the board, but the Florida State Republican Party Second Amendment Committee chairman That is openly announced during a speech... That he does not support constitutional carry, nor does he support the gun owners of America. Now, I'm here to say, when you stretch yourself that thin, there's a serious issue. <laughs> I mean, if you're the chairman of a Second Amendment organization and you openly say you don't like gun owners of America and you don't like constitutional carry, then there's probably something wrong here. And for those that don't know what constitutional carry is, if you're just tuning into your radio, constitutional carry means that you can carry without having to go get a permit, which – is kind of like the most constitutional thing that you can do. Where I live here in Kansas, you can do that. You have constitutional carry. There are other states, if I remember correct, there are 13 states, I believe, that have constitutional carry, 14 states, maybe more. Not sure. Don't quote me on that. That's been the big push from many states, trying to seal in the fact that you can carry without having to go through the government bureaucracy just to be allowed to carry a firearm. And this guy is the head of the Florida State Republican Party Second Amendment Committee is against uh, constitutional carry. I'm not going to play the clip because it's really bad audio, but he goes on to talk about open carry for gun owners in America, was saying that it was a Second Amendment right, as he said, that that you can go around without being able, without having to get a permit, without having to get training, without having to do anything. You can get your concealed carry, and you can get your constitutional carry, or your open carry is what he liked to call it, and – That's just wrong and how bad that is and how we can't be doing that. And you can have whatever opinion you want on open carry, obviously, probably not the smartest thing to do. You want to conceal carry it so you're not just showing it to the world. So if there is something happens that you're not the first target for them to come after. But nonetheless, why would you say that we want government limitations on firearms while running a Second Amendment committee? for the Republican Party. This is how wide the umbrella has become for the Republican Party. And to me, that shows how far we've come in a very bad direction. This is why there are so many that are starting to leave the party. This is why there are so many that have distrust in the Republican Party and why so many don't trust when Republicans say they're going to do something that they actually don't do it. When Donald Trump took office, we had a Republican legislature That was dominance in both chambers, the House and the Senate. Remember that? Because prior to that, during Barack Obama's reign, they said, hey, give us the House of Representatives and we'll stop Barack Obama. And we gave it to him. They said, that's not enough. Give us the Senate and we'll stop Barack Obama. And we gave it to him. They said, we can't do anything because Barack Obama's vetoing everything that we have. And he's still bullying us into getting stuff done because we're not working with him and along with Democrats. Give us the presidency and we'll get things done. And we gave it to him. And when we gave them the presidency and the House and the Senate, for example, guess what? What happened? The inner fighting began in the Republican Party. The bickering among Republicans sabotaged the Trump agenda. We only got one tax break out of that first year. We barely got any immigration issues done. Outside of that, what else did we get done? Donald Trump had a laundry list of issues to work on, and we didn't get anything done. Why? Because the inner fighting with Republicans. Now imagine those leaders, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, this guy with the Constitutional 2A Committee in Florida, they're the ones leading things, directing the direction of the Republican Party, and we can't get our agenda passed.
6: segment of Armed American Radio's Daily Defense is being brought to you by Daniel Defense. Visit DanielDefense.com. Now,
2: back to the show. Back to it. Welcome back in. It's Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. Mark Walters out for the day. Uh, yours truly, Andy Hoosier filling in, which I always love and appreciate kind of the go-to here, being able to fill in for Mark any opportunity that I get. Mark, if you're listening, we love you, appreciate it, brother, and always I appreciate you letting me spill in here. I love talking these Second Amendment issues. I don't get a chance to do that on my program as extensively as we do. Is that a word? Extensively <laughs> that we do on this show. So welcome in. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I want to get back to the original topic, but real quickly here, this state legislator in Florida, George Gasparini, is his name. The second, the Florida State Republican Party Second Amendment Committee Chairman that says he has law enforcement experience, he does this, he does that, and I don't believe in open carry. I don't mean constitutional carry, which it's funny because open carry and constitutional are different things, so he doesn't even know what he's talking about there, which is concerning. I'm reading the text of his speech, which, again, I'm not going to play it because it's really bad audio, but he mentions open carry. He's meaning constitutional carry. As he says, they were trying to pass a bill, meaning the the Florida State Legislature, for open carry. And then he goes on to explain what open carry is, saying open carry for gun owners of America was saying that it was a Second Amendment right, and anyone oops, uh, anyone can carry a gun anytime, anyplace with no training at all in the state of Florida. That's not open carry. That's constitutional carry. So the fact that you don't even know the difference shows how your lack of knowledge on Second Amendment issues. Open carry means that you have a concealed carry permit, but you're just carrying it on the outside in the open for people to see. Constitutional carry means you got that firearm, Again, with no permit doesn't mean you didn't get training. I don't know if you necessarily have to get training, which most responsible gun owners do because, hey, I'm carrying a crazy lethal weapon that is an intricate tool. I should probably figure out how to use this thing. The only ones that don't are the young stupid kids that are on social media pointing it at the camera and then shooting it off in their parents' home and then watching their parents come in and grab them and beat the, you know, what out of them, which is really entertaining to watch nonetheless. But imagine, if you will, a Republican Party that is so diluted in intelligence and so diluted in actual leadership that we have a guy is the chairman for a 2 a committee that doesn't know the difference between open carry and constitutional carry. I think that's a little concerning. Now, shifting that and kind of tying it in to the same degree. As we have leaders that don't know what guns are or don't know what gun legislation is properly, we have a young generation that's starting to experience that as well. Show of hands, anybody listening to the program, live or recorded or online or wherever you're at, how many of you have taken your kids or grandkids to the range in the last six months? Throughout the summertime, did you take your kids or grandkids to the firing range? Did you teach them about firearms? I cannot wait. My little girl, my little, I call her Little Voice of Reason, being my show called the Voice of Reason. Little Voice of Reason, she's eight years old right now. And I cannot wait to get her to the range, which we will be doing now that she turns nine in June. Next summer, we will be taking her to the range. She's old enough, and we'll start her off, obviously, with like the twenty-two and work our way up, but she will be very familiar with firearms. I cannot wait. I am giddy in anticipation to take her out to the range. The, 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 she's so good, too. She, like, she's, she likes it. She's intrigued by it, but we've told her to leave it alone, leave the guns alone, and she like has no interest in them whatsoever, which is awesome, but I want her to be familiar. And if she goes on later to never want anything to do with firearms at all in any way, shape, or form, that's totally cool. That is her prerogative. I want her to be familiar with it. Because every kid needs to. If not, you get the scenarios like we saw a couple of years ago of college kids that are calling the police because they thought they heard gunshots when it was a balloon popping. <laughs> and that's a major concern. So now that we have a generation that's starting to not be as familiarized with guns, they're not around the hunting scene because everybody's living in the cities now. They're not around the gun range as much as they used to back in the day. Now we have another issue that's a bigger issue in the country, which is Marijuana. Which, believe marijuana, don't believe marijuana. I think it has its purposes. I believe it for medical purposes. I think it's not that it's solving anything, but it's at least helping people, cancer patients that can't eat because they're in so much pain and nauseous all the time. Yeah, that absolutely helps. I also know that back in 1,000, 2,000 years ago, they have residues of marijuana from churches and synagogues because they would smoke it to try and be more connected to the other spiritual realms that weren't there. Totally see the benefits of that. Cool. All the power to you. Do whatever the hell you want to do. I don't care. But they're using this issue in a deeper, more malicious way, not just for marijuana, but related to the Second Amendment. And if you remember, there was the law down in Arizona, which is the prime example, where Arizona was like the number one best state for Second Amendment laws years ago. I think they still are. They do relatively well. They're majoritively center-right. They do decent on legislation, although we could question that after the whole Carrie Lake election that happened last week and the Senate race. But I digress. Overall, they're a relatively strong state on Second Amendment issues. Their state that has legal recreational use of marijuana, if you get your green card or if you buy marijuana, then you don't apply and you're not able to get your concealed carry permit. They may have changed that, but at least a year or so ago, that's the way it was. If you got your marijuana card, you could not get approved for a concealed carry permit. You could not apply to get a firearm because they didn't want the two meshing. We don't want people high out there carrying around firearms. Totally get that. But responsible gun owners, how many of them are going to be going out and smoking marijuana and then carrying a gun around in public while they're high? Most people are not going to be doing that. In fact, Common sense, anybody is not going to be doing that. The only ones that are going to be doing it are the ones that have malicious intent in the first place. And now apply it to the young generation that doesn't know anything about guns, may not have an interest in getting firearms. But now whether they want to or not, they're going to be completely shunned from it because of the marijuana issue that is expanding across the nation as of right now. And I'm trying to find if there's a later number here. There are, let's see, no. There's at least about 20 states that have medical or recreational use. And the last election just certified that more. Missouri ended up passing recreational. Oklahoma that had medical, they're moving towards the recreational. Colorado not only has recreational, they just decriminalized magic mushrooms as well. Psychedelic mushrooms. Now it's in a controlled setting and it's in, a, and you know, they actually work you through it because it's supposed to let out your demons, help with psychological issues, and kind of reset the brain. And they do it in a controlled setting. So, you know what? Again, totally see benefits for that. I don't want people walking around the street doing that, but in controlled settings that are run by psychologists and run by doctors, go for it, baby. All the power to you. And Colorado just did that as well. Now, take those issues. And for the young generation, my generation, the millennials, the 32, 33, 34 year olds and younger, ask them what their priority would be if they had the choice. Would it be marijuana or would it be guns? And if it's the marijuana or if it's the psychedelic or if it's the drug in some way, shape or form, then take that and move another generation back when they are the adults and the younger generation is there. How far have we come? And how much of a Second Amendment would we have left when every state has all but banned it as long as you're on these other things and you're involved with other projects or other focuses in life? Imagine where we're going to be. The 2A issue has a serious threat of dying off with just these little pinhole attacks on them, little by little, both at the federal level and at the statewide level. And that's a concern for us, I think. By the way, there's 37 states right now that have at least recreational or medical marijuana in some way, shape, or form across the nation. The other states will be jumping on board because they can't hold off a whole lot longer because you just can't. That does it for us today. It's Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. Andy Hoosier, always filling in for the great Mark Walters. I love doing it. Mark, always appreciate that. He's back at it on his monster broadcast on Sunday. Until then, carry on, carry often, carry absolutely everywhere. This is Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. Have a great weekend.